Most podcast hosts think, well, if my content's good enough, if I deliver enough value inside of my episodes, then people are naturally going to listen. And as long as I'm consistent, my show's going to grow. But the reality is there are five content gatekeepers that your listener has to go through before they decide whether or not they're going to click play. And if your listener doesn't make it through any one of those five gates, then guess what? You're going to lose them and they'll never hear how good your episode content is. So today I'm going to let you sit in on an exclusive interview that I did with Adam Adams on the podcast on podcasting so that you can learn how to stop losing listeners to your competition. Welcome to Insider Secrets to a Top 100 Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Elmer. Let's make your business binge-worthy. What did you do wrong in that long journey of years of having a podcast? What didn't I do wrong? So much of it, you know, is learning as you go. And, and, and truly, that is the beautiful thing about podcasting. It's one of my favorite things is that it's such a flexible medium that allows you to evolve with it, with the industry, with your business. And so looking back at my journey, we launched our show coincidentally two weeks before everything shut down for the pandemic. And when I launched my show and I named my show after my company, my company's name is The Effortless Life. Well, The Effortless Life means a lot to me. And if I were to sit here and share with you what that means and the ethos behind it and the philosophy behind it, you'd go, oh yeah, that sounds awesome. I like that. But to the average person who's scrolling through the podcast apps, particularly in the business space, and they see that podcast, it almost looks kind of out of place. Effortless life. What's this about? Is this about, you know, going become a Buddhist monk on the side of a mountain? I don't know how this applies to me, right? So we've since evolved the name of the podcast, but that was one of the first things that I realized is that I set that up and it didn't serve me. I didn't know differently, but it was one of those things I looked back and go, Oh, okay. I should have put a little more thought into that. So that was a out of curiosity, one. like I've got a listener right now who's about to launch a podcast and they probably were already thinking about naming it after their company. I, I'm, I'm like getting into their head with their psychology right now. And I think they're like, yeah, I'll just call it name my, my business. It's, it's, it's catchy. It works. It, it means a lot. So what would you say to them? First and foremost, you got to do a deep dive on who your listener is. And when I say deep dive, I don't mean just like, tell me who they are, what age they are, you know, what they do for a living. I mean, get to know what are the problems that are keeping them up at night. This gets into the psychology piece. What are they laying at night awake, staring at the ceiling, worrying about? What are their deepest fears? What are their biggest desires? What's the transformation that they want that you can help them achieve with your expertise that you're hoping to help them achieve on your podcast? What is it that they want and what's keeping them from getting it? What are the beliefs they have about themselves that are keeping them stuck, holding them back from being able to achieve that transformation? And there's some other things we look at too when we create what I call a psychographic profile for a listener. You need to have this because your entire show should be built around this, your name especially. Because what's one of the first things someone's going to look at when they're scrolling through a category or typing in a search term, they're going to see the cover art and they're going to see the show name. 
And if you fail to grab them with the name, they're going to skip your show in favor of others. They'll never even get to the amazing content. They'll never see your description. They'll never see your episode titles. And so your cover art, your show name, and a few other things, I call these the content gatekeepers. And so with your name, if you're listening right now and you're like, yeah, I'm about to launch a podcast. Hold on a second. What? I'm leaning in really a whole lot right now because I want to hear what you have to say about this. Your name, of course, needs to be clear. Please don't be clever. Don't be cute. Don't try to make it something that's just a fun play on words, effortless life. Yeah. Okay, great. It's all about working less, right? And maximizing your time, creating leverage. But to the average person looking at that, that's not clear to them. So your name has to be clear. Your name should solve a problem for your listener that your podcast addresses whenever possible. And I'll give you an example. We had someone that we worked with who came to us and they were struggling to grow their podcast. I'm like, look, I've been doing this thing for two years. I know that this is the medium that I want to be on. I enjoy it. I like podcasting. I want to be getting more out of it. I'm, I'm tired of just looking at these numbers and seeing 30 downloads, you know, 50 downloads. And the name of the show was Move Forward Anyway. Now, when you got an understanding of who this host was and the work that they do in the world, what this person does is they help professionals take the leap of faith to go after a big dream, whether that's leaving the corporate world and starting a business, maybe writing a book or some other venture. So when you got that, then it's like, okay, the name kind of makes sense. Move forward anyway. It's about moving through your fear and taking this leap and creating an action plan and going after that dream. But to the average person who's scrolling that, they don't know what the host, who the host is. They don't know what that show is about. They don't know what the host stands for. So why should they care? So he was losing listeners because the name wasn't grabbing them. So we got into his listener psychology and we're like, all right, look, what is the biggest fear that your listener is dealing with? And for his particular listener, the biggest thing blocking them from going after that dream was right here, six inches between their ears. It was self-doubt. So he renamed his podcast to Stop Doubting Your Dream. And that's a name that better addresses the pain point that his listener is experiencing. Because if someone's scrolling through self-improvement and they're looking through that category and they have a dream that they haven't been able to take action and they see that, it's likely going to give them pause. And maybe create enough intrigue to get them to click. And that's the first step. That's where we have to start. Before we can even hit record and deliver all this amazing content, we got to be able to capture their attention. I've got a few questions. Yeah. First and foremost, I'm going to start with uh, positive psychology and negative psychology. Mm -hmm. uh, because I'm more of an advocate for negative psychology. And I've had a lot of people on the show. And I've even had a couple of clients who are like, I will never do that manipulative, negative psychology. Shit. And I just want to ask you, because this did change from positive to negative. It went from move forward anyway, positive to stop doubting your dream uh, to the negative to to uh, now stop doubting in some people could say that's positive, but you have to hit the negative. It's like it's like the vitamin. Here's a vitamin. It'll make you feel great. Uh, and you're like, hey, I already feel okay. And the last time I took a vitamin, I didn't feel that different. Or here's a here's a, a Tylenol. 
uh, you've got a headache, this will make it go away. It, you're going to, you're more likely to take the Tylenol when you need it than you will the vitamin. And so I'm, I'm curious since I'm an advocate for the negative psychology and this, we're talking a lot about psychology today. Uh, is that part of it? Or did I just notice that uh, move forward anyway, versus stop doubting your dream? Is that something that you focus on? Yeah, it's definitely part of it. And to your point about positive and negative, I think both have their place. And we have done tons of testing ourselves, our clients, and in looking at what titles perform the best, what show names perform the best, what descriptions perform the best, and seeing how that has an impact on overall listens. And one of the things we've noticed time and again, specifically with episode titles, is the problem-focused titles outperform the transformation or benefit-focused titles. So when we categorize it, we look at problem-focused is the top performer. Problem-focused with a benefit performs second. And then purely benefit-focused, how to increase engagement with your audience, for example. That performs, it's kind of our third performer. Looking at it from a psychology perspective, as humans, we are hardwired to avoid pain. What you said about the Tylenol, so spot on. We don't want to have that headache. We don't want to be in pain. So a lot of times we'll go to great lengths to stop pain, but we won't go to as great of lengths to achieve some sort of desire. We might want the desire, but we won't go as far to get it. And I look at some of the great podcasters out there, Andrew Huberman, who's like top one of all podcasts of all time, right? Everyone loves this guy. When Andrew Huberman is doing an episode on sleep, he's not sitting there telling you, hey, you need to get eight hours of sleep at night because this is what's going to happen when you do. We all know we need to have more sleep, right? It should be better quality. You got to sleep in the dark room and the cool lights and, all, and the, you know, turn the lights down, cool temperature, all that thing. What Andrew's actually doing, if you listen to how he delivers his information, He's actually addressing a very real problem that his listeners have, because right now, chances are they're listening to that episode because they're not getting enough sleep at night, and that's creating problems in their life that they want to solve. So what he's doing is he's addressing a positive outcome, right? You get more sleep, you're going to be able to feel this way, do this thing, have more energy, be more focused, be more productive. But that's actually, he's positioning it in a way that solves the problems that his listener has. It's very subtle, but a lot of people miss this. And to your point, you know, a lot of people think that, oh, that's just marketing tactics. That's bro marketing. You know, I'm going to just hit the pain so hard and like, you know, whack you over your head with your own problems. And that's not what I'm advocating. But what I am advocating is playing into the way that our brains are already working. Your listener is looking through podcasts likely to solve a problem. They're not listening to a marketing podcast to learn how to market better because they are already great at marketing. I agree. We've talked a lot about gatekeepers, keeping the content clear versus clever for your title. Um, Your name should solve a problem, but we want to get more into the psychology. How do we get that person to click play? Courtney, take it away. How do we do that? Because I yeah. think we all need to know. I know. We all. How can we get more listens to our show, right? That is the question every podcaster asks. And you mentioned the gatekeepers. And I want to circle back to this because we touched on a couple of them. Your cover art, your show name, but there's a few more. 
And what I want you to think about is I want you to think about your own user habits. If you're someone who consumes podcasts and you're looking for a new podcast to listen to, what's the first thing you do? Probably either type in a keyword or go to a specific category of interest. And then you start browsing the shows in that category. So there we are with our phone. We're scrolling, right? We're looking. And the first thing that's going to grab our attention is the cover image. The next thing that'll grab our attention is the name. As I mentioned before, if those two things are compelling enough, then maybe we'll click through. And the next thing you're going to read is the description. After that, if that's intriguing enough, you'll probably scroll down and see some of the latest episodes and the topics that they talked about. You'll be looking at the titles. Then you click. You see the show notes, the summary of that episode. And then and only then, if you have made it through all five of those content gatekeepers, and if all of them are unconsciously communicating to you along the way that this is an episode that you need to listen to, you'll hit the play button. Okay. So there's five gatekeepers. Five gatekeepers. Cover art, the name of the podcast, the description, the titles, and then the show notes or summary. Yep. All right. Keep going. Yes. So. Most hosts who quit, and the latest statistic is they quit after episode six. That's That breaks my heart because most of them quit and conclude that, well, people didn't like the sound of their voice, or maybe they did, their message wasn't as valuable as they thought it was, or maybe they're not enough of an expert yet. They make it mean something about them that it doesn't actually mean. Because nine times out of 10, I'm willing to bet their content was just fine. The topic they're talking about, a very real topic that people probably have an interest in, not something super obscure. But what they probably didn't do was communicate to their listener why they should care about that topic. Because again, if we're looking at our own user habits, and let's just use Instagram as an example. How many of us scroll Instagram late at night? And we're just kind of double tapping stuff. Oh, that's funny. Ha ha. Double tap. Scroll past. That doesn't interest me. Scroll past. That doesn't. Oh, double tap. And we're moving through content pretty quickly. We're consuming it quickly. But have you ever stopped to think about what actually makes you engage with a piece of content? Was it the image? Was it the title that you saw? Was it the first little snippet of the caption that you read? Was it social proof because 100,000 other people liked this particular video? And so we can apply that to our podcast and say, okay, if these are the five content gatekeepers and someone essentially has to enter all through, through all of these gates before they can get to my content, how can I, at each point in the journey, communicate to my listener why they should care about what I have to say? We first have to sell our listener on what this is going to provide for them, what kind of value this is going to provide before they will engage with our content and click play. Where do we put that? Like in these gatekeepers, cover art, name, description, title, and show notes. Where do we find the best time to communicate with the listener? Why should they care to listen? Just like the example I gave you with the cover art and the name earlier with move forward anyway and switching that to stop doubting your dream, which makes that clearer and more focused on the problem. That is actually an unconscious piece of communication because nowhere did you say, 
hey, this is a great podcast about achieving your dream and I can really help you do this. And we're going to solve the problem of self-doubt other than in those four words in your title. But it's enough to, on an unconscious level, make your listeners stop. It stops the scroll because it is a real problem that they're dealing with. That's one example. Let's look at cover art. If you look at Amy Porterfield's podcast, and if I were to pull her up on my computer right now and take a screenshot of all the other art that's next to hers. Hers is the only one that is completely opposite of the other shows that are appearing next to her, top 10 or so shows surrounding her. Most of the shows there have warm colors, really bold graphics, really strong text, right? Some of them have photos, some of them don't but it's these bold fonts. It kind of comes across strong as these warm colors, which, you know, color theory says they're supposed to incite people to action. But Amy did the opposite. Now, Amy's show is called Online Marketing Made Easy. Her title's very clear and it solves a problem for her listener. It's more positive frames, but it's actually solving a problem because she's attracting people who are struggling with their online marketing. Her cover art is very light gray. It's clean. The shirt that she's wearing is like a light blue color. And it's completely opposite everything else that you see next to her. I'd be willing to bet that's intentional. Because if you're scrolling and everything looks the same, where is your eye going to be drawn to? To The one thing that looks different. So those are two examples of how we can unconsciously grab someone's attention. They're not sitting there going, let me look at a show that has different cover art, right? This isn't a logical thing that they're sitting there, you know, examining, (laughs) I'm going to listen, but it will draw their eye. Then they'll read the title that will address a problem. Then they read your description. And if that is framed towards further validating why you're the person to help them solve those problems, then that will help to build some of that trust. And then they'll say, okay, this person seems to know what they're talking about. Let me see what they're, what they're actually talking about. And then that's the next piece is your episode titles, which as I mentioned earlier, we've noticed that the ones that are focused on solving problems tend to get the most listens. Speaking of solving a problem, in your podcast and in your business, what problem do you solve for your listener or for your, for your client? We've done a lot of work with people on the system side within their business, helping them install better systems for scalability. And so many of our clients were coming to us saying, you know, Courtney, I am sick and tired of posting six, seven, eight, 10 times, 12 times a week on social media, trying to come up with content that I pour my heart and soul into and it gets buried in the newsfeed in 24 hours. And then I have to do it all over again. And I'm just burnt out on it. I'm getting nowhere. And I've switched platforms. I've jumped from Instagram. Then I was doing LinkedIn. Then I tried YouTube and none of it's working right. What do I need to do to better market my business? And so kind of concurrently, we had launched our podcast and seen huge success with this, both as a marketing tool, a lead generation tool, a thought leadership expansion tool, a networking tool. And so we started teaching people how to install a podcast as a marketing system within their business. And it serves that same person by solving a very real problem for them, which is how can I get my message in front of a wider audience, but do it in a way that is aligned with me, who I am, my energetic capacity, you know, so I'm not out there hustling 12 hours a day for leads on Instagram, trying to 
connect with people and, you know, get my name out there and make a name for myself. Because so many of the people that we work with have a deeper purpose and a, a very important, powerful message that they want to share. So we really take them from this unheard expert to giving them the systems and structure they need to succeed with a podcast so they can set themselves up to be seen as that in-demand thought leader in their niche. Awesome. Love it. I have like a quick rapid fire round for you. It's just three little questions. And first is what length of episodes should we be targeting as podcasters? This goes back to your ideal listener. When are they listening? Are they listening at the gym? They're doing an hour long workout. Are they listening on their commute and they've got 20 minutes? Are they a busy parent who's on a walk with the dog or the kid? You're right. They've got 10, 15 minutes. Gear it towards your ideal listener. I love it. Uh, good, good answer. Um, how many episodes per week should we focus on? Focus on what you can consistently deliver. For me right now at this season in my journey as a business owner, as a podcaster, it's one a week. Never missed a week in three years. I'd love to be releasing three, four, five episodes a week. But I also know that I wouldn't be able to keep up with that consistently. So start with what you can stick with. And last question. You have good answers. I love this. Should we do solo episodes, co-hosted episodes, or interview episodes? And if not, what's a good combination? If, if a combo, what's a good combo? Yeah, I'll speak personally on this one. I think it's really important for your listeners to feel connected to you, even if your show is not about you. Because at the end of the day, you are the host of that show. So there has to be some kind of connection and trust as their guide, as you're guiding them, that they need to build with you, developing that relationship with you. So solo episodes can help you accomplish this. Doesn't mean you have to have a purely solo podcast. I don't. But I do believe a hybrid is, is a great answer. It's a great solution. It allows me to interview guests that I can bring in to talk about topics that I don't have an expertise on, but that will serve my listeners well. And it allows me to share my expertise on the topics that I do know about to stay connected with my listeners. So that's what works for me. Awesome. I want to just thank you, Courtney, for jumping on, uh, helping us with some psychology. Um, my favorite part that sticks out is clear, not clever. Now, I've had so many clients that come become so clever with their their titles, and uh, and I've never understood how to explain to them in good words that we want this to sing to the person, but clear, not clever. I'm going to use that. I love it. I really appreciate you. If you liked what you heard in today's episode, then come with me to the next one, because we're going to be diving into how to create deeper engagement with your listener. And I'm going to be answering questions like, should you include your headshot on your podcast artwork? Or what about your podcast avatar? Should you have one or should you have more than one? I'm answering all these questions for you and more inside the next episode. So head on over there with me and let's make your business binge worthy.
As you might have heard me mention inside this episode, if you want to join me for our next live workshop where I'm going to show you how to avoid the biggest mistakes that cause most podcasts to fail within the first 12 months and literally walk you through the exact framework that we teach our students to launch their shows in the top 100 and convert more of their listeners to clients, just go to the effortlesslife.co forward slash podcast workshop. That's the effortlesslife.co forward slash podcast workshop. 